for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by Curtis Guzman, who's a co-worker of mine and contributing writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and we're going to help you get ready for week four of the fantasy season. We're going to go over everything you need to get ready for the games this weekend. We're going to give you some hot plays, cold plays, sleeper plays, talk about some matchups, some waiver wire pickups, and everything you need to get ready for the games this week. But before I get to my interview with Curtis, I wanted to tell you a little bit about our King of the Mountain 2 game. Yes, we're running a King of the Mountain 2. If you weren't able to sign up for King of the Mountain 1, or if you're already out of the contest, we have a King of the Mountain 2 game this year. This is a $10,000 guaranteed payout. You can be King of the Mountain for $9.95. That's how much it costs to sign up, and if you want two entries, it's $14.95. And here's how the game works. First of all, don't wait. Signups end October 1st, so you have to sign up quickly to get into King of the Mountain 2. And here's how the game works. You pick one simple lineup each week, one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver or tight end. If the team you pick scores better than just the worst one-third of teams in the contest, you advance. If you don't finish better than the worst one-third of teams in the contest, you're eliminated. And you can pick a player for your team once during the season, including the playoffs. So it's a good game of skill, a good fantasy game of skill, kind of like the King of the Mountain contest of the past when you pick teams, but in this case, you pick players. So if you want to go to rtsports.com to sign up for King of the Mountain 2, again, that's rtsports.com, and sign up for King of the Mountain 2 for a chance to win $10,000. And now, here's my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm joined now by Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Curtis, thanks again for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, not a problem. Glad to be here. So we're going to talk about week four, get everybody ready for week four of the fantasy season. And I wanted to, before we dive into the week ahead, I wanted to maybe talk about some guys off to slow starts, some Superstar players that probably aren't living up to expectations. Uh, some of these guys probably going to turn it around. Who do you think is going to turn it around out of some of these elite-level players that aren't playing so well right now? Guys like Julio Jones hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Cam Newton's off to a brutal year. So give me a star player or two that you think is going to turn it around going forward. Yeah, I like Julio Jones for a turnaround. I think... You know, he's had a 100-yard game, zero touchdowns, so that's a little bit concerning. But his targets have increased each game. And, you know, throughout his career, he's never been a huge touchdown guy as it is. So as long as they just continue to get him more involved in the offense in general, uh, I think he should be fine. Hopefully he'll get a couple more scores. I think that's a little fluky. He hasn't had one yet. But, again, he's never been uh, kind of a Gronk or a Antonio Brown even, he just doesn't get a lot of scores in general. So I would expect him to turn around. But I do have concerns over Crowell and uh, Newen, as you mentioned. Um, Cam Newen dealing with that shoulder injury only has one game over 200 yards, only two passing touchdowns to this point. Uh, I just wonder if he's continuing to be limited in practice. Is is he really going to get time with his receivers to build a rapport and kind of get in a rhythm? Uh, if that's the trend all year, then I do have concerns. I mean, I'm not sure if he's or the maybe a number one spot anymore. And then with Crowell, you just got to stay close in games for the Browns for them to be able to use them effectively. If, if they fall behind too quickly, you know, it's going to become Duke Johnson over Crowell. So, you know, his best game was in week one against Pittsburgh. But if, if they can't stay close and their schedule is not too easy going forward, then I, 
I don't know that he's going to be anything more than a flex play at this point. Yeah, Crowell doesn't get a whole lot of uh, touches in the passing game. That's the one drawback of him. Like you said, if they keep the game close, though, I kind of like him in that offense just because their offensive line is pretty good, and he's been getting double-digit carries. But like you said, if they're playing from behind, it's likely going to be a detriment to Crowell. So we just talked about some guys off to slow starts. How about some guys who are off to fast starts that you might want to sell high on, maybe take advantage of their fast starts? Is there any players out, out there like that for you? Yeah, I think the biggest guy for me who, I mean, I am guilty of actually picking him up on the waiver wire, but uh, running back Chris Thompson from the Redskins. You know, he has four touchdowns already, uh, averaging uh, about nine touches a game. Uh, great numbers so far, but it's really relied on big plays, and I don't think that you can sustain as many big plays and touchdowns um, going forward. You know, it's just it's hard, especially last game. You looked, they didn't have Rob Kelly. Uh, available. So if Rob Kelly is available going forward, you think that means slightly less touches for Thompson. I mean, he's, he's definitely going to be involved in the offense and still should be worthy of flex plays uh, depending on the matchup. But uh, this would be a good time to sell high just because I think he's kind of on an unsustainable pace at this point. And then the Rams quarterback, Jared Goff, is averaging about 20 points a fantasy game. Uh, at least one touch on each of his games, 300 yards in one game, nearly 300 yards in another. Um, but he has a pretty tough schedule coming up with uh, Seattle, Jacksonville, Arizona, Giants among uh, the next five, six games. So the Rams' offense looks much improved overall, but I don't think he's going to be able to keep up the pace that he's put on so far. Yeah, I totally agree about Thompson as well, Uh, especially this week when the coaches come out and say he's not really going to increase his touches. He has a long injury history, so they don't want to wear him down. He's not the biggest back in the world, so... I'm not sure it's going to get much better for him at this point. So I do think he's a good guy to sell high on. Another guy uh, for me is maybe Michael Crabtree. He he had a three-touchdown game, which is really pumping up his stats. He's in the top 10 in fantasy scoring right now. But his season high in yards is just 83, and he's never been a big touchdown guy to date. He had just uh, eight touchdowns last year. He's a solid receiver, but I'm not sure he's in that elite category. I think he's outside that. So I think now might be a good time to sell high on him as well. So we talked about guys sell high on and guys that uh, you might want to target off the slow starts. How about some guys to target on the waiver wire this week? Anybody out there that you're looking at specifically for your teams this week? Yeah, so a couple of my leagues already had their waivers run, and unfortunately I've been uh, targeting Charles Clay in a lot of leagues. Uh, Tight ends in general have been uh, a bit down this year. You know, you look at uh, Tyler Eifert dealing with injury or – Hunter Henry, uh, almost a no-show basically in two games. So uh, even though Charles Clay is a little touchdown dependent and uh, doesn't get a ton of uh, receptions each game, he's one of the best tight ends at least available to this point. And uh, I think he's one of the best uh, longest receiving options that Tyrod Taylor's have around. You know, look at Sammy Watkins gone, Robert Woods gone. So he has a rapport with Tyrod Taylor that you know he uses to his advantage. And then... It's kind of a crazy situation, hard to get a beat on it, but uh, I would maybe stash running back Alex Collins in some leagues. Uh, Terrence West is almost looking droppable at this point in that backfield. Uh, Buck Allen and Javoris Allen, he's still involved, but Alex uh, averaging over seven yards a carry to this point, and just something I feel like the coaches might say, okay, he succeeds at this point, let's let's give him touches and see if he can keep it going. And again, it's a tough situation to judge, but... Uh, if you have a bigger roster, it's something I would definitely say it's worth a stash right now. 
Two guys I'm looking at this week, one of them is Eagles running back Wendell Smallwood. Uh, He's going to take over for Darren Sproles and take over that third down back, change of pace role, and I like his potential in PPR formats. He had 12 carries for 71 yards last week, showed some big playability, so I think he's a good guy to stash and could be a good flex play for fantasy teams going forward. Another one I like a lot is Devin Funchess. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin's banged up. And Greg Olson's out for an extended period of time. So that really leaves Funches as the top target in that passing game. And he had 10 targets last week, getting most of that work when Benjamin is out of the lineup. He has four receptions each each of the past two games. So I think Funches is a guy that could be helpful, at least in the short term, when Benjamin's banged up. So that's a guy I would definitely look at on waivers this week. So now turning to week four, the games itself. How about some intriguing fantasy matchups? Is there any games out there that you're looking at from a fantasy perspective and you're really excited about them for the coming week? Yeah, I'll give you one that I'm definitely excited about, which I think you know owners might be hesitant at first. But if you look at the Chiefs versus the Redskins, uh, Tyreek Hill's been a huge, uh, big play receiver to this point. Uh, the concern here would be, obviously, if he's matched up against Josh Norman. But I don't have a ton of concern about that personally. Uh, the game's at Arrowhead and always a tough environment for opponents, and Andy Reid's a master of getting Tyreek Hill and, and spaces and, and opportunities to exploit his matchup. So I don't expect Josh Holman to be lined up across from him at all times, and you know whether he wants to put him in carries, bubble screens, things like that. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill should still have a big game. Uh, two other matchups I'm intrigued by. I'm, I'm not sure, I guess, which way to lean on is uh, running back Jay Ajayi versus the Saints defense. You know, on paper, that looks like a really juicy matchup. The Saints have a pretty poor defense overall, especially against the run. Uh, but on the other hand, you have Ajayi dealing with the knee injury, and it's a London game. And, you know, going off the of last game, uh, Jacksonville versus Baltimore, that was just a crazy game, and I'm just honestly not sure what to expect from that. I would say Ajayi should still be safe enough to start, um, but curious to see what happens and if, you know, he's – limited at all because of that knee injury. And then Cowboys wide receiver Des Bryant against the Rams. Des hasn't been greatly involved in the offense so far. He has gotten two touchdowns, but he's also only had two games with uh, three receptions. So you would think that the Cowboys continue to try to get him more involved going forward, but he he does have a tough matchup against the Rams cornerback, Jermaine Johnson. And I guess it just, you know, something else I'm keeping an eye on as a whole Ezekiel Elliott situation, of course, if, if he was to get suspended again, then uh, we can certainly see the Cowboys trying to pass a little more going forward. Yeah, I had the Redskins-Chiefs as one intriguing matchup for myself that I'm going to watch closely. I think that game's going to be a shootout, high-scoring game. Chiefs are third in points per game. They average 31 points per game. Redskins are 13th in points per game, but they showed their ability last week to score. They finally look good offensively. Kirk Cousins making plays all over the field, so I think that's going to be a high-scoring game with a lot of fantasy points to be had. Another one uh, in that same realm is Giants-Bucks. Giants are dead last against the rush this year. I know the Bucks have not run the ball well to date, but the Giants are dead last against the run. They give up 153 rushing yards per game. And then the Bucks are 31st against the pass. They give up 330 yards per game. And Eli Manning finally showed a little, a little bit last week as well. Played good in the second half, brought his team all the way back. So I think that could be a high-scoring game as well. So those are two matchups that I would target for fantasy teams for this week. So we talked about matchups. How about some starts for from a fantasy perspective? Any must-starts for you? Any guys that you think are just going to go off for huge games this week, Curtis? 
Yeah, I think start with an obvious one. Um, Rams running back Todd Gurley against the Cowboys. Uh, he's Rams have one of the best run run blocking units right now, and their offense in general has taken leaps and uh, bounds. So like that, especially for Gurley, he's looking more involved in the passing game. Uh, he's had multiple touchdowns in the past two games, so I, I do expect a big game against him against the Cowboys. Uh, two other guys who are a little you know lower, um, but I I think should start. You know, a lot of People when acquired these guys on the waiver wires, running backs uh, Chris Carson and Terry Cohen. Uh, for Chris Carson, he gets a great matchup at home against Indianapolis. Uh, people are wondering, you know, will Eddie Lacy, will Thomas Rawls eventually get involved? It doesn't look like it's to this point, and this is just a great measuring stick. You know, Indy's defense is, is still struggling. I know they got a win against the Browns last week, but it's a great opportunity for Chris Carson to really show what he's made of and maybe for sure grab a hold of that number one running back spot. Uh, and then for the Bears and Tariq Cohen, his snaps have increased every game. And in this Thursday night game against the Packers, you know, you just wonder if the Bears uh, offense can keep up with the Packers offense. If not, the Bears will obviously be forced to throw a lot. And that means Tariq Cohen, their best uh, receiving back out in Chicago, should have a pretty big game. I have a different Seahawk on my must-start this week, and that's Russell Wilson. He's coming off his best game of the season at home against, and he's at home, like you said, against the Colts. They allow the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season and are 29th overall against the pass. So I think Wilson's going to build on last week. He's going to have a big game. Pretty much the entire Seahawks offense is looking very good for this week. So I like that Carson play as well, Curtis. And another another guy I like is a must-start this week is DeAndre Hopkins. He's first overall in targets this year. He's 11th in fantasy receiver scoring. He's He has seven receptions in every game this year. And he gets the Titans, who are 26th against the pass, and they allow 275 passing yards per game. So I think Hopkins is going to get another workout this week. I know he has a rookie quarterback, but Watson's looking better each week. And I, I really like the way Hopkins is playing and the way he's getting targets in that offense. I think he could move back to that elite status of fantasy receiver this year. So we just said some guys to target. How about some guys to avoid? Anybody you want to leave on your bench this week? Yeah, so I have a running back, Amir Abdul, in a couple of weeks, and I'd say so far it's paid off. The uh, Lions definitely seem committed to the run. Uh, you know, Stafford, you know, it's only three weeks in the season, but he's on pace for his lowest career attempts at this point. So it's a good sign overall, but this is an extremely tough matchup on the road against the Vikings, uh, the best run defense in the league so far. So, I wouldn't expect big things from Abdul this week. You know, if the Lions are forced to pass, then, you know, even though Abdul is a good receiving option, they do have Theo Riddick there. Uh, so I don't expect a big thing from him. Um, intriguing uh, name is Saints wide receiver Willie Sneed returning from suspension. I uh, think he's definitely a must-own if, if he's not owned in your league. But for this week, you know, first week back from suspension, London game, it's a tough ask to expect him to do anything big. Could take him a while to kind of get back in tune with the rest of the offense. Um, so I would just kind of sit and wait and see on him. And then T.Y. Hillen, I know he had a good rebound game finally uh, after two weeks of struggling, you know, getting the Colts to beat the Browns and uh, got off to a good start there. But now, you know, we just talked about the Colts being on the road against Seattle, facing that tough Seattle secondary. Even though Brissett, Jacoby Brissett's looking more comfortable as the quarterback, uh, it's just probably going to be a rough game overall for the Colts in general. I'll give you a big-name player I'm avoiding this week, and that's Marshawn Lynch. He had six carries for 18 yards last week, and he has fewer than 50 rushing yards two straight games. And we know if he's not running the ball well, he rarely catches it, so he's not going to be a help 
in that aspect if he's not running the ball well. And I don't expect him to run the ball well this week at all against the Broncos. Denver has yet to allow a rushing touchdown this year, and they're first overall against the run. So I think it could be tough sledding for Lynch again this week in Week 4 against Denver. And another guy I'm avoiding is Ravens receiver Jeremy Macklin. He has scores two of three games, so his overall fantasy numbers aren't too bad, but his highest yardage total of the year is just 56 yards, and he caught just a pass last week. So he hasn't been great uh, except for finding the end zone, and I'm not sure he finds the end zone this week against Pittsburgh. The Steelers allow the second fewest fantasy points to receivers this year, so I think Macklin's a guy I would leave on my bench in week four. And we gave we talked about some hot starts, cold starts. How about some sleepers, maybe guys that, Uh, or a little deeper down in your list of rankings that you think could do well this week and help fantasy teams? Yeah, so uh, Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard stands out. Uh, Kind of funny. You know, you saw him drafted probably in most leagues, but then seemed to be dropped early on. He's been a popular waiver ad on our site recently. So uh, I think he's a little below the radar, and you want to see the Giants offense kind of get in tune more. But if a, a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back, that should open up the offense overall, you know, especially underneath for Shepard. Um, you know, for those who picked him up and think they want to start him, just remember, you know, even though he had a good fantasy uh, game last week, it mostly came from one play, uh, one long touchdown run. So, again, worth a stash, but probably not a start this week. Uh, and then Jags wide receiver Alan Hearns. Um, great game against the Ravens in London. You could see uh, Blake Bortles' confidence rise a little bit. I know tight end Mercedes Lewis had a big game. I think that was a little fluky, though. I certainly wasn't expecting to put up that many touchdowns every week. So I think Hearns is still their best big play receiving option going forward. And if, again, Bortles can build up confidence and the Jags offense can continue rolling as a whole, then that should spell good things for Alan Hearns. Yeah, Lewis didn't catch a pass the first two games of the year, and then he scores three touchdowns. So that was completely unexpected. And I do like Hearns uh, out of that group of receivers in Jacksonville couple sleepers for me. You actually mentioned this guy as a waiver wire pickup, but I have Alex Collins as a sleeper this week. He's averaging 7.8 yards per carry this year. He doesn't have a lot of work, but with the chances he's had, he's produced. And like you mentioned earlier as well, Terrence West just hasn't been doing a whole lot. So I think Collins could start getting worked into the mix more often. He plays Pittsburgh. Uh, Like I mentioned with Macklin, they're very good against the pass but against the run they have struggled they allow the fifth most fantasy points to running backs this week so I think Collins could be worth a look as a number three backer flex play for fantasy teams in this matchup and a quarterback I'm considering using this week is Jay Cutler it's hard to trust Cutler he's looked just okay in his first two games he has one touchdown each game but his overall numbers haven't been that bad and he has a dream matchup this week against the Saints they allow the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks and they're 30 30th overall against the pass. So I think Cutler could have his best game of the year in this matchup, and I think he is going to do very well in week four. Curtis, thanks again for uh, joining me this week and getting everybody ready for week four of the fantasy season. I hope you uh, are doing well with all your teams. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Uh, Best of luck to your teams as well, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. All right, thanks a lot, Curtis. And that was my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Curtis for joining me today and helping everyone get ready for week four of the fantasy season. Before I let you go, I wanted to mention that we do do daily games here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. We have some of the best payouts and price points in the industry, so go to rtsports.com and sign up for a daily game today. You can get in baseball leagues before the season is over, 
And you also have the NFL games this weekend. So you can sign up for a daily game at rtsports.com and then click on the daily link. Go to rtsports.com and click on daily to sign up for a real-time fantasy sports daily game today. This has been Jeff Power for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone.